We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to part two of the DFS OGs podcast right here on rotogrinders.com. Talking everything week 10. We'll wrap about the five games we have left. We may get a rant from Notorious, which we haven't seen yet, but he'll talk about the Todd Gurley price. And I'm in agreement. And of course, we'll answer some user questions to wrap everything up. Let me bring in my fellow OGs. Welcome back, boys. Notorious, Head Chopper. Chop, how we doing, brother? Hanging in there, man. Hanging in there. Love to hear it. No, no. How we doing, buddy? Yep, pretty much the same. Uh, ready to knock out these five games, get to some questions. Yeah, I mean, and we ended the last pod talking about Bills and Jets, so I'm glad to be moving on to some better games here, at least one team that's better, Derek. So we'll start with you. Chargers and Raiders. The Raiders, I mean, they're circling the drain. They're, they're, they're no incentive to win here. It's clear. So this looks like a hammer spot for the Chargers. Who went in in Seattle, looked very efficient, got the job done. Melvin Gordon looked good. Keenan Allen finally got a big game out of him. Is it all systems go here? We just stacking the Chargers and moving on. Derek. Uh, yeah, I mean, this does feel like the classic letdown spot coming off of that big win in Seattle, but I just don't think the Raiders are going to be competitive. I don't think they want to be competitive. So I do think uh, the Chargers are going to roll in this one. Melvin Gordon looked really good coming off of the bye, uh, over 100 yards rushing. And uh, ever since they fired Mike, Mike McCoy, he's just been awesome. His uh, efficiency has gone through the roof. So I think you could look at him if you do think the game's going to be a blowout. I mean, we saw the Niners just uh, hammer the Raiders last week. If you think that's going to happen, then you can maybe look at Austin Eckler in tournaments. He's only $4,000. Um, and then the passing game, I'm a little bit worried about that. They just build a big lead and sort of coast a little bit. But uh, you can always play some of these guys. Keenan Allen uh, has some positive touchdown progression uh, just for chop. Uh, and you can take a shot on uh, Tyrell or Mike Williams as well. All right, chop. Chargers, Raiders, all Chargers for you. Any interest in the Oakland side here? Oh, man. 
Oakland against a tough defense. Ah, I'm not really seeing anybody that would. I mean, you could take a shot on Jalen Richard. Uh, the price is even. That's even a little bit of a high price on DraftKings, but. Playing from behind, maybe a lot of catches for Richard, maybe Jared Cook. That's a pretty good price on him. That's not bad. But uh, I don't think they get shut out. So somebody's going to get something at some point. Maybe those two guys are the guys. But I don't want any receivers or I don't want Derek Carr. But the the Chargers are interesting because they, I know I read this on Twitter. I know, I know you guys probably read it too. But they haven't passed the ball more than 30 times in a game since week one. I just, I, one time maybe since week one. They've become a, the most run-heavy team in the NFL. Now you're at, now you're playing Oakland, a double-digit favorite. Why would that break? I just you may catch a long play out of Tyrell Williams or Mike Williams or even Keenan Allen, but I don't think there's going to be enough volume there to like load up on any of these pass-catching options for this team this week. So yeah, it's all about Melvin Gordon and even taking a shot on Eckler. But Melvin Gordon deserves to be placed in that second tier of running backs. Uh, I mean, nobody's in Gurley's tier right now, but Gordon is as good as any of the other ones, Connor or any of those guys. So Melvin Gordon is a guy I could definitely see a three touchdown. Melvin Gordon, that's what he does. He scores touchdowns, man. I could see a three touchdown game out of Melvin Gordon for sure. I think he could be overlooked here. I mean, he's 9,000 on DraftKings. Gurley's only 9,400. So most people that have the money would just spend it on Gurley or you got Kamara cheaper. Barkley is right there, a little bit cheaper. Hunt, who we talked about in part one. James Conner is on the Thursday slate, so he doesn't count. But, Chop, do you think he goes overlooked just because of pricing and kind of where he falls, or are people smart enough to say he belongs in this group, like you said, I'm going to spend that 9000 No, I don't know if he goes – I don't think he goes overlooked, but when you look at the price tags, he'll go under-owned. People will – they'll want to play him, but you just – then you have a choice – of, do you want to spend that money on uh, him or, or Todd Gurley for 400 more? I mean, I mean, almost everybody would take Todd Gurley for only 400 more. So he'll go on their own, even though we all know he's in a great matchup. So, yeah, that price tag, it's really interesting. It's really going to create a, some interesting dynamic in tournaments this week. Yeah, and specifically on DraftKings. I mean, you look at FanDuel, Gurley's still up there at 10-8 where he belongs, and, and Gordon's 8,900. So there's a, a bigger discount there, I just think. DraftKings, you know, people want to roster Gurley because he's cheaper. That may make Melvin Gordon under own, like you said, on DK this week. All right, let's move on. Miami and Green Bay, Chop. Green Bay, big favorites at home here against Miami. I love the Green Bay D in this spot. You know, we, we can talk Aaron Rodgers and Jones and Marvez, Valdez, Scantling and all that, but the Packers D really stands out here at home against Brock Osweiler. They've been very good in home games, averaging 12 DK points a game. So. Wanted to throw them out there, but the rest of this game looks like a full-on Green Bay onslaught here against Miami. What do we do on the Miami side of things? Because Kenyon Drake, we want to make him work, Chop. It's not working. They're not giving the ball enough. Anybody on Miami viable here in this matchup? Yeah, he's the only guy. Kenyon Drake's the only guy I'm even remotely interested in. With the return of Kenny Stills last week, now you've got another – now you got a crowded mess in a wide receiving core that wasn't even that strong to begin with. So – and then you got to – they're trying to get the ball from Brock Osweiler. That's not, that's never a good thing. So, yeah, on the road, Green Bay, hostile environment, tough, tough, uh, you know, just the frozen tundra. I don't know if it's going to be frozen, but it's tundra. It's tough to play. It's not like turf out there in Miami where it's sunny and, you know, that good. I just – that's a tough a tough spot here for Miami, Miami's offense. So, I'm with you. I like Green Bay's 
defense a lot more than Miami's offense. The only guy I would remotely think about is Drake, and I won't even have that much because he just uh, – that's a guessing game as to how much how many touches he's going to get. Green Bay looks very, very strong here. Right, is this the week they unleash Aaron Jones? I don't I know, man. So. I hope I, I mean, he fumbled up Jamal I, Williams on carries. He did, but then once he fumbled the ball – and it did cost him the game, I oh, think. Yeah. It cost them the game. They had a real legit shot at hanging in that game and pulling the upset. And McCarthy was not happy with it. So I would not be surprised if an old school guy like that, you know, delivers a message here and says, we're going to sit Aaron Jones and we'll, you don't fumble on my watch. You know, you'll get benched. So I want to believe Aaron Jones is going to get the bulk of the carries and get unleashed, but we've got a archaic head coach who's just I don't know if he's gonna let him go like that so I don't know but any of these offensive weapons have given a chance can can totally exploit Miami if it's Aaron Jones Devontae Adams Scanling Valdez Scanling is a very solid sleeper this week so I think they're all in play you just got to figure out where you think the carries and the touches are going to go whether whether they're going to give it to Jones or whether they're going to punish him for fumbling yeah, and I haven't seen anything, but you're right. You know, that would be a Mike McCarthy thing is put our best player on the bench here in this game just to send a message. So, interesting, but there's only two running backs there. So, if we get some news, we can definitely target it. But the passing game too, Derek, I mean, Rodgers, uh, Adams, Valdez, Scantling, like we talked about, there's a lot of ways you can go. So, who are some of your favorites on the Green Bay side? And then any interest in the Dolphins side here in this one? Yeah, I don't know what you guys are talking about. I can't think of a time uh, when Mike McCarthy punished a guy for losing a fumble. Okay, man. I'm, I'm yeah. hoping he gets I mean, canned. it's not like they traded Ty Montgomery or, you know, anything like that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm going back to Jones. They just got to give him the ball. I mean, he's been by far the most productive running back. He's averaged over five yards per carry in every single game so far this season. He's seen six targets over the last two weeks, which is uh, – know encouraging at the very least and I do like playing them with uh, the Packers defense if they build a big lead just got to think it's going to be a Jones and and Packers defense type of game if you want to target the passing game you can certainly go to Adams 7800 is a really good price for a number one wide receiver uh, for Aaron Rodgers and then MVS yeah uh, with Toronto Miles and out, he's going to be their number two uh, he outsnapped Cobb last week and ran 40 pass routes um, so I think he's viable at 5k on the other side, I'm probably just going to be fading the Miami offense. Uh, Kenyon Drake apparently missed uh, a blitz pickup, and that's why it led to Frank Gore's 20 rushing attempts last week. So I just don't want any part of this Miami offense. Yeah, I'm in agreement. It's, it's tough to get too excited about any of these Dolphins. So let's move on. Our last game on the main slate should be a fun one, Derek. Seattle and the Rams. The Rams coming off that tough loss in New Orleans, but coming back home here against division rival Seattle. Do we just go back to our Rams here? You know, they, they all put up some decent numbers. Todd Gurley, you mentioned it in part one. So the floor is yours here. Somehow remains under 10K on DraftKings. Yeah, I don't get the pricing, and uh, especially since they raised everyone else's price. But uh, I'll just keep playing him at this, uh, at this price point. I think with all the value out there, it's pretty easy to get him into your lineups once again. It's going to be super popular, but, I mean, he's had 30 fantasy points in four of the last five games. Kind of ran a little bit bad last week. Still scored 20 fantasy points against the Saints. I know that the Seattle Seahawks have a good defense, but uh, anytime the Rams are projected to score over 30 points, you got to think early. Uh, it's a pretty good bet to score a touchdown. I think the prop for him to score a touchdown last week was minus 400 or something crazy like that. Uh, it's going to be similar this week. So just lock and load Gurley on DraftKings. Uh, if you want to fade him over on FanDuel, I certainly get it. Uh, much easier to build a more balanced lineup with some of the other 
uh, heavy volume running backs over there. For the receivers, you can play uh, anyone from the Rams, really. Uh, I like Cup in the slot. Um, he, you know, Woods and Cooks both have a pretty good upside as well. So it's a pretty concentrated offense. You always know, uh, you know, what you're going to get when it comes to the Rams. Then the Seahawks, they finally aired it out last week. They were playing from behind. Uh, Wilson only had 21, 23, and 17 pass attempts the previous three weeks, but he uh, threw it 39 times last week. You got to think that that's going to be the case again this week. Uh, and he rushed the ball five times too, so that's promising. I like the price point. I like that they're going to be playing from behind. Uh, and speaking of that, do you guys listen to the absolutely uh, the epic podcast with uh, Grant and Dean and Bobby? I have not caught it this week. Can't say uh, I do. <laughs> I just love that anytime Grant's talking about a team that's playing for behind, he says they're coming from behind. He says it every time. I don't know if he does it on purpose, or, <laughs> but it's hilarious. It's a Grant thing to do right there. Oh, Grant. Yeah, so you can play uh, you can you can play Russell Wilson for sure. I don't really think I want to pair him up with any receivers. Probably just take uh, naked Russ and go from there. So last match of Gurley, three touchdowns against the Seattle team. So they held him twenty-two for seventy-seven, but he found the end zone three times. So I think the debate is Fanduel chop over there. What do you do with him? And then real quick, the Rams receivers, DraftKings are all kind of priced together: sixty-seven, sixty-six, sixty-four. Where on Fanduel, you get a nice discount on Cooper Cup. You know, he's 6,500 compared with 75 for Woods and 77 for Cook. So it really site-specific here with a lot of the Rams. So address any of that you want and then the rest of Seattle and L.A. Yeah, I'm going to say that this game probably gets to blowout status sooner rather than later. Uh, So um, obviously Gurley, uh, easy easy choice on DraftKings, like y'all said. And on FanDuel, that's where you got to make a decision. And yeah, I mean, I think you can pull the trigger on him. I think we got enough value out there to to make it happen. So, and you can use three running backs over there. You can put one in the flex. So that's perfectly fine. I, I'm about Gurley, so I think you can use him on both sides. But it's pretty easy. I think he's going to run all over this team. Uh, as far as choosing a receiver, I, hey, yeah, man, it's it's a toss up. It's you know, you're you're throwing a dart at him. Somebody's going to have a good game, but I don't think two of the three have a particularly good game for you. In my my opinion, I think it's a Robert Woods week. Cooks and Cup had better weeks last week. I'm going to lean towards Robert Woods this week. Uh, Seattle is interesting. Backfield, you can totally write off now. It's not even a game where they – I think they even attempt that many rushes. So it's going to be put on the shoulders of Russell Wilson. I actually like what I saw out of Doug Baldwin in the second half of that game last week. Finally got involved a little bit, so maybe that carries over. They're going to need – to catch up in this game, I'm going to turn to Doug Baldwin here. Yeah, I don't hate that one. I mean, they're going to be throwing, like you said, so somebody's going to have to do some damage. So he's bouncing back. We'll see if he can continue rolling here. But that ends our discussion on the main slate. We still got Sunday night football here, Chop. Your Cowboys going to Philadelphia. Almost a must win for your boys here. You know, <laughs> took, one on the, took one on the chin there to old Tennessee. But how do they respond going into a tough environment here in Philadelphia? <sighs> it's interesting in football is, you know, when you get these tight races like this, you just, it feels hopeless that the minute after you lose to Tennessee, it feels hopeless. But then you start thinking about it. Well, you know what, if you beat Philly, then you're back tied with Philly. Washington's got all these injuries. They're certainly not going to hold on for the division title. I don't think it's doable. You know, you can maybe still win it. It's not so helpless, but 
This is a must win, I think. I think you're right. To get to that division title, they're going to have to beat Philadelphia here. They can't fall a couple of games behind Philly. So this is do or die. I think, I think we see a better effort out of them. It's just you get a Philadelphia team coming off of a bye week, I believe, right? Or yep. did they? Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> that's tough, man. That's a tough, uh, tough task. But I don't know, man. It's obvious what Dallas needs to do. And I'm not going to do the rant. I'm not going to do the rant here, but. It's just so obvious. Just fire the coaching staff, all of them. Just wipe them out from the head up. Jason Garrett, defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator, just wipe them all out, man. That's what needs to happen here because the talent is there. That defense has a lot of talent, and it's just not getting it done on a consistent basis. It gives up too many big plays. So the coaching is is doing uh, is what's dragging these guys down. With that being said, they could still go in and beat Philadelphia. So. If they're going to do it, they're going to have to do it behind Ezekiel Elliott. Now, the matchup this week is Amari Cooper, beat-up secondary that was already struggling. But you got to get the you got to get Elliott working first. Then you can hit him with the play action. Now, the interesting part here is that on a side like FanDuel, where you don't care about receptions, you just want a home run. You know, you a seventy-yard touchdown is your is your best friend over there, as opposed to ten receptions. Over there, you could play a guy like Michael Gallup who saw actually an uptick in snaps this week with Cooper there. And I could see if the play action works and you have Cooper on one side and Gallup on the other, there's no reason why Michael Gallup can't catch a home run here for a cheap price. So I think maybe one of these receivers has, has a pretty good game here against the beat-up secondary, but it's all going to come from Ezekiel Elliott, effective running in the play action. So, And on the flip side, Philly, all those guys are pretty much in play. It'd be interesting. I don't know if I could touch them. I want to see how – Things play out with Golden Tate in the lineup now. It's something we haven't seen yet. So, I don't know. I, they all seem like they're going to do well. Maybe you could play Carson Wentz naked, man, even in tournaments, because he's got a lot of weapons. We just don't know how it's going to be dispersed. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, you got Al Shiny at Tate. We'll see if it affects Aguilar. But I like the Gallup call. Anyone that's going cheap is going to go to Alan Hearns just because he scored last week. So, on that showdown slate, Gallup gives you upside at probably a lot less ownership. Derek, Sunday night, Dallas and Philadelphia. What do you got? Yeah, I kind of wish this game was in the main slate because I would love to target uh, Ezekiel Elliott at a really low ownership. Um, but that's not the case. So unless you're playing Thursday to Monday uh, or the showdown, then you probably can't get Zeke at low ownership. do think he's interesting. Uh, I know Philly, very good run defense, but uh, I like that price point. And as far as Amari Cooper goes, I mean, he only ran a handful of slot, uh, snaps in the slot last week. It seems like Cole Beasley's kind of been in that role. Uh, throughout his career, Cooper has been much more effective uh, in the slot than he has been on the outside. But uh, luckily for him, this is a game where they're going to be trailing. And as Chop mentioned, uh, Eagle secondary, not only uh, you know injured a bit, but uh, they've been struggling all year. So I like Amari Cooper here. And that's about it for the Cowboys and on Philly. Yeah, I mean, if you're playing the showdown, so you got to take somebody. Uh, you could take Wentz. It seems like Josh Adams might be uh, the popular guy in the backfield. I mean, he – it's looked pretty good. You know, he's kind of the LeGarrette Blunt type of running back uh, in a game where they're going to be playing from ahead. So don't mind looking at him. And with these receivers, yeah, I agree. I'm just going to take a wait-and-see approach to see what uh, they do with Colton Tate here. All right, let's wrap it up here with Monday Night Football. And I said we had a bad game of the Jets and Bills. This one, Giants and 49ers, maybe not as bad as that one. But we've certainly had better Monday Night games. But, Derek, we play the hammer dealt. And the hammer down here is Nick Mullins coming back for another game as the starting quarterback. Are you buying what you saw last week? Where's your interest level there? 
and the rest of this game to finish it up, Giants and 49ers. I mean, this is an awful game from a casual fan's perspective, but from DFS, I mean, this has got a, a lot to like here. We have Saquon Barkley, Odell Beckham, and Nick Mullins, our, our main man here, uh, looked really good against the Raiders. Uh, granted, it was against the Raiders, but uh, he's going to be cheap in this showdown slate once again. Uh, he's already uh, been named the starter for the week. And, yeah, I mean, the Giants defense, they just don't worry me as much as they used to. So, uh, yeah, I like uh, playing the the main guys from New York and then uh, bringing it back with a couple guys from San Francisco. George Kittle, uh, going to be a popular target. Uh, we've been targeting tight ends against the Giants for years and years. No reason for that to stop now. He had that amazing, you know, one-hand catch uh, last Thursday night. So I think there's some interesting plays here. Interested to see what they do at running back. Uh, Brita should be the main guy here after Mostert, you know, broke his arm. Uh, one of the grossest injuries uh, of the year so far. Uh, so Brita, assuming he's healthy, could be a really nice play in this one. All right, Chop, wrap us up before the analysis, 49ers and Giants. Uh, 49ers, Giants, good game, solid game here. I don't know. This is uh, the kind of game uh, I actually like on showdown slates. Just ugly, nasty, and uh, you know, people kind of make mistakes and they and they just want to put the big names in there. But a lot of times in games like this, that's not what pays off. So, <sighs> looking at this game honestly from a showdown perspective, and I'll get more into this when I do my showdown slate thing with Tony here on Monday. But uh, I could see fading both these quarterbacks in this game. I could see. Uh, Loading up on the two running backs here. And uh, let me see here. I'm trying to find somebody in here who might be a good sleeper. We all know you on a showdown slate, you could take Odell and Saquon and these guys and Kittle. You know who – well, I'll tell you who kind of impressed me a little bit last week without actually getting the results was Richie James. So maybe Richie James ends up being a guy I put on a, a showdown team that ends up scoring a, a big touchdown for me. Yeah, that dude looks explosive. When you get the ball in his hands, he can make things happen. So I like that call a lot. But Nick Mullins certainly looked good. I definitely think uh, he's a better than old beat hard there, but they're going to give him another opportunity to prove it. So it uh, should be an interesting game, no doubt. And then looking forward to another showdown video from Chop and Tony. Guys, any final thoughts on the football before we get to everybody's favorite part? User question time. Any final thoughts? Derek, what you got? Yeah, nothing for me. Stop. <laughs> I mean, is now the time I need to – I, I need to give on. you the – Yeah, let's, the let's get the update. I know the people are waiting uh, impatiently on Chop's season-long update. So yeah, everybody loves a good season-long update, don't they, on Twitter? <laughs> okay. You love everybody, a good guy. Everybody cares about your fantasy team. I'm looking up the ESPN G-Town 8 standings right now, and I am sitting at – after this past week, 1-8. and eight. I've lost again. I, don't, I, I won the first game. I drafted well, man. It just hasn't panned out. I, I, I won the first game. That's what they all say. I've won the first game, and I've lost eight in a row. Like, when I really needed a win this week, and I really needed to try to stay, you know, even if I didn't even have much help, I just needed that win, and I had Mixon on by, I had Beckham on by, I had Fournette on by, so it, it wasn't going to happen even if I wanted it to. So now I'm pretty much – there's two choices I have. I can tank and get Todd Gurley next year, but if I do that, it's going to cost me some extra money because whoever finishes in last place has to cover the first place prize, you know, first place buy-in oh, like for the next that. year. Like so if, you finish, if I tank, I got to pay the, the guy's buy-in next year. 
or I could try to muscle up the energy to finish in second to last and then take the next best guy. It won't be Todd Gurley, though, but I'll save myself a little bit of cash. I don't know what to do right now. But I'm certainly not making the playoffs. Is this setting kind of keeper league where you can trade for no. draft picks or anything? No, this is just redraft. Start selling. Sell, sell, sell. Yeah, nope. I, oh, that's that's interesting. But one and nine, chop. That, that's that's so good. Maybe you stick to DFS, buddy. Uh, dude, a, I was. A stick of I have yeah. honestly, man, I'm not bullshitting either. I've owned these guys in this league <laughs> since the. You know, we've been doing this one since 1998. I was just thinking about that. 1998 was the first year. Yeah, man, that's crazy. We were doing it back when you know, pen and paper, the newspaper the next day, the whole deal. I remember the first league we were in there was the Terrell Davis and Brett Favre. To, I think it was Antonio Freeman kind of years way back in the day, something crazy like that. So it's been a while, man. But And I've dominated these guys, especially since I started doing DFS. But, man, this year was just, was just not meant to be. Well, we're pulling for you to get a win here this week. You can't, you can't go out with one win in, in year 20. <laughs> oh, damn, now you make me feel bad. This was the anniversary <laughs> and I blew it. <laughs> Yeah, all right, let's see if we can get you up to two and nine. Let's get to some user questions, and then we'll get out of here. Let's start with Mike at VikesFan0078 wants to know, what living athlete would you guys want to trade places with the most and why? Chop. Oh, man. There's, there's just like the choices are – there's a lot of them. So, um, I guess probably thinking about it real fast, my uh, – you know, you'll never hear me recommend anything from soccer in my takes because I don't particularly care for it, but I'm going to recommend a soccer one right now. I'd switch places with Ronaldo in a heartbeat. That guy is good looking. He's got the hair, got all the money. He can't even count the amount of money he's got. He's got some upside in his life. So I'd switch with Ronaldo. Yeah. He's, he's doing fine with the ladies, no doubt. So Chop would be a <laughs> soccer player. Derek, what do you got? Yeah, that's a good call. That's a really good call. Um, not only could you get all the ladies and be as famous as you want, but you come to America and you can kind of fly under the radar a little bit since, uh, you know, we don't really pay as much attention to soccer as elsewhere. Uh, didn't really put too much thought into this one. I'll just go with uh, Tiger Woods um, just because you get to play golf for a living. Derek, Derek you, are you looking at the big picture here, man? <laughs> the big, the big picture is you're you're stuck with that hairline on Tiger, man. I already got it. I mean, I'm used to. Yeah, that. I know. That's why I go for Ronaldo. We can we can upgrade here, man. Oh, yeah. I yeah. should have put more thought into that. One. That's all right, Dude, Tiger. I'm gonna go with Aaron Rodgers. I get to be the quarterback of the Packers. Get to hang out with Danica Patrick and, mm-hmm. and have a ton of money. I mean, what what's what's bad about that? Outside of having to deal with Mike McCarthy as your coach, but. Uh, follow-up question from Mike says, what current sports franchise would be number one hit comedy movie or TV show? Plenty of options here, Chop. Uh, I mean, I guess you would, right offhand, you would have to think uh, Embiid and the Sixers because Sixers because Embiid is so, he's so funny, man. I give him credit for that. He's a funny guy. So I, I guess I go Sixers because of Embiid. Derek, any thoughts here? Yeah, I'd go with the Browns. I mean, it's a comedy and a drama. The same oh, time. yeah. <laughs> Those yeah, guys did. from Hard Knocks were good. <laughs> yeah, we kind of already saw that one. So I, I would like to take a look inside Buffalo's operation. I think that could be comical, just to, to watch them draft and evaluate players and things like that. And the Buffalo Bills, to me, would be one I want to see. So that's my answer there. All right, would you do anything to make money? DFS, gamble, work, if you won the lottery, chop. 
Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm not doing this right here because I'm a millionaire <laughs> doing podcasts, man. I'm, this is all fun. This is fun, you know? So, of course, if I won the lotto, I would, I would continue to do this right here, these podcasts and these shows. This is entertainment. This is fun. If, I, if there was no Roto Grinders, I'd still be playing DFS for sure. I, I mean, yeah, this would, I would definitely still be doing this no matter how much money I had. Derek, if you won the lottery, you still doing DFS? Still doing uh, the DFS OGs pod? You still doing the grind down? <laughs> what are we doing? Yeah, definitely still playing DFS. Uh, it would probably take on maybe a tenth of the workload uh, for content. Uh, yeah, it can be a little overbearing at times. I love it. Uh, best job ever. But uh, if I won the lottery, yeah, you wouldn't see me doing the grind down. <laughs> I had a feeling that was going to get axed uh, from Derek. But yeah, I would still play. I love doing this stuff. Love talking sports. Uh, DFS, uh, it's more of a hobby for me than a job. Uh, so I would obviously continue doing that. All right, as we record, guys, it's voting day. So George Murray wants to know, amongst the three of us, who is the executive, legislative, and judicial branch of the OG pod? Now, Chop, do you even know what I just said? That, that's that's right. Uh, man, it's been about let, let me let me take you back to <laughs> 25 years last year. Okay, so legislative makes the laws. Okay. Executive carries out the laws, and the judicial interprets the laws. Whew. So, uh, if it was my opinion, I'm going to say beer is going to be the judicial part of it. I'm going to be the legislative part because, you know, laws and creating laws and coming up with things like that. Uh, I just, you know, I feel like I can. I'm a pretty good at making people believe just about anything I want them to believe. I can make up facts, you know, pretty good and make up my own stats. So I, I could, I could do that and beer could definitely carry it out. So that would leave Derek as the, uh, the third branch there. All right, Derek, same to you. Legislative makes the laws, executive carries out the laws, judicial interprets the laws. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure I'd be too good at uh, carrying out the laws. Don't know if I would trust Trop uh, making up the laws. I mean, <laughs> I think I'd have to take over the hey, legislator. One and eight. One and eight gets into the playoffs. It's <laughs> one That's and nine, there, sir. One and nine. <laughs> so I'll take legislative. Uh, I'll let uh, Beer execute the laws. And, uh, Chop, you can uh, just judge everybody. Oh, oh I like that. I don't mind uh, that. Fake it till you make it. That's what they said. So from Aaron, if you were forced to give up playing DFS, what would your job be? What would you be doing? Derek. Yeah, I mean, I guess uh, to make money, I have to go back to accounting. No, oh, back, back to the accounting. Chop, no DFS, no fantasy sports. What's the job? Man, if if they took all this away and I had all that good free time, I would 100% open up a food truck with my wife for sure. No doubt about it. I, I've done the restaurant thing. I've, I've been in the food business for a while. I got a pretty good grasp on it. I would want to get branch out on my own without actually opening up a brick and mortar store. So I would want to do a food truck, man. That would be a blast. So what the kind thing, of food? Yeah, yeah. What kind of food? That's that's a great. Question. You know, we'd have to some Tex Mex, some some. Tacos, I mean, we we'd have to. I'd have to really get down and dirty on it. But uh, you know, maybe I don't know, man. My wife is really good at the Mexican, the Tex Mex thing. I can do some barbecue. I I would probably name it something like. I'd have to go like chops, 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 chops. Maybe Chop I do. House. Yeah. Something like that. I don't know what kind of exact food though, but for sure we'd have dessert on there, man. She can make some dessert. 
So I, I'm in the same boat. Not food, though. I would open a dance studio. And here, let me listen. Here, here's why. I have three daughters in dance, and they dance in about four or five different dances each on the old day where you got to go. Uh, uh, it's recital day. So they send the bill home for the costumes for these things. The down payment is $40 an outfit. So multiply that by 15 dances. That's only the down payment on the costumes for the dance. Then you got to finish paying for it. You got to pay all these extra things just to be in the dance studio, plus the classes. These dudes are print money at this dance studio. I, I swear, man, that bill is like unbelievable. So that's what I would do. Go back and open up a dance studio because that, that you are printing money opening one of them bad boys. It, it, it puts a hurting on your boy's wallet. Let me tell you what. <laughs> All right. Ultimate sports fan wants to know, back to, to, to kind of DFS related, do you, think, you guys think it's harder to win GPPs through the, all the information out there that maybe wasn't out there three years ago? Chop. No, not, not because of the information. It's harder to win because, number one, the payout structures are terrible in most tournaments these days. And number two, the, the size of the tournaments has grown from – it's gone four or five, six, seven times over the past three years. Like, it was much easier to win these tournaments for me back when there was 1,000 people in them. Now there's 100,000 people. Of course, it's going to be a lot more difficult. But as far as the information, you know, not really. It's harder – it's much harder to survive in cash games now because of the information. But GPPs are always going to remain a bit random and a, and a bit lucky anyway. Derek, same question to you. Harder to win now? Chop answered it perfectly. Uh, it's harder to win just because the size of the contest. Uh, game theory still definitely plays a big role when it comes to tournaments. It's a lot harder in cash games. Uh, I remember, you know, back in the day, you know, a guy would get injured, say, in NBA DFS, and his backup would come in and be 20% owned. Uh, nowadays, he's like 90% owned in cash games. So uh, the, the edge has definitely gotten smaller. Uh, Thanks to the information for cash games. Yeah, people are getting smarter too. You know, they're, they're creating uh, programs and the computers and people just have more of a knowledge of the game and how to play and how to be successful. So that makes it harder as well when you're going against smarter people. So great answers there. From our boy Aaron Hendricks, if you could be the head coach of any team, who would it be and what would your first action be as a new coach? Derek. <laughs> Uh, I don't know what team I'd pick. I'd probably be a manager of a baseball team. Seems like uh, they have it pretty easy. And uh, my first action would be hiring a really smart analytics guy. Uh, maybe I'll hire you, Chop. There you go. Oh, thank you. Thank you. you. Talk air yards and all that, <laughs> even in baseball. Could whip that in there. Chop, what team are you taking over? Please tell me it's the Cowboys. Yeah, that's got to be the answer, right? I mean, like Derek said, the very cushy job would be the baseball manager. You know, that's you just put out a lineup, yeah. and then you just kind of like point to the bullpen once or twice a game, and that's that, you know. But, yeah, I'd want to take over the Cowboys, and I would – my first course of action would be to teach Dak Prescott how to run a play action. <laughs> that would certainly help. I thought you'd be getting rid of Jerry Jones somehow, but I'm going to take over my Green Bay Packers, and it, just by doing that, my first move would be Mike McCarthy being fired. I'm the yeah. new coach, so uh, that one would work for me. Favorite now defunct DFS site? Derek, I know you love the draft street. Rest in peace. Absolutely. Chop, I think we, we talked to this before, but Chop, favorite now defunct DFS site? Oh, man, I probably have to go all the way back to Daily Joust. That, that place was a blast. 
Yeah, I mean, I, draft day was mine. Love that one. Love draft street. I mean, there was a, there was a lot of going. Daily joust was fun for sure. Chop, I hate to do this to you because I know the answer already, but Trippy Allen wants to know worst bad beat betting or daily fantasy. And I believe <laughs> I know, yours is I know this. golf related. <laughs> yeah, I mean, bad beat. I I don't know, man. You know, I don't I don't I don't ever consider it a bad beat, but it the the most um an, stressful thing that ever happened was the Dustin Johnson miss putt from a pretty makeable range, which would have won a million instead of a hundred thousand, but that's okay. Cause I was pretty fortunate just to be in that position anyhow. Uh, but I, I look back on some of the other guys, bad beats and guys losing big, big money on quarterback kneel downs and getting the negative yardage on that. I've seen, uh, Bogs light lose a oh, big yeah, seat like that, that one night. So those are really bad beats. I, I don't, you know, I can't – I've been pretty fortunate. I, I don't want to call that a bad beat. That Pogs one was brutal. I believe mm -hmm. it was Drew Brees took a yep. knee and lost him a qualifier back in the day. I, I, that was years ago, but whew, that, that one was tough. Derek, anyone's come to mind for you? Yeah, well, Chop, you didn't tell the whole story. Dustin Johnson not only just had to make a putt, he had a two-putt from 12 feet. <laughs> I mean – Missed the Yeah, man, three-putt from 12 feet. I'd still feel for you on that one. Uh, mine was at the beginning of NBA last season, uh, back before all the stat corrections. Um, yeah, it was a win 150K. The night was over. 20 minutes later, got bumped down to, like, fifth place. Uh, so that was pretty bad. Um, yeah, those stat corrections. I don't know why. They still have them this year, too, on DraftKings. They just yeah, those, are, those are brutal, man. That, that's why I just started going to bed, and I'll wake up and see how I do in the morning. You know, less, less stress. <laughs> just, you know, show me the money in the morning. Yeah, so. yeah if I would have woke up to 20K, I would have been happy, but. You know, losing 130K on the swing is a, it's, it's kind of weird how you look at it. Yeah, I don't really have any that stand out. Missed out on a lot of qualifiers by point one, and, you know, where you're just super close and something happens at the end. So just, just things like that. But like you said, Chop, to even be in a position, you know, to have a chance at it, I think that's it. So no real bad beats, things like that uh, for me. Let's finish up here with our boy Chris Cimino. I hope you guys are wrestling fans, but he wants to know if you could give one NFL player – a WWE finishing move, who would it be and what finisher would you use? So, Derek, any wrestling in your background? I'm not a wrestling guy. I don't know anything about it. Haven't watched it uh, since Stone Cold Steve Austin was around. I don't know what his move was, but I'll, I'll pick that one. The Stone Cold Stunner. Who you who are you giving it to? You got to give it to a player. Uh, like an NFL player? Yeah, where he could, well, he could just go out in the field and, and give everybody the Stone Cold Stunner. Uh, I'll, I'll give it to Bradley Bill because that guy, I never right. get that guy right. There you go. Chop, what do you got? Finishing move oh. for an NFL player. Oh, you mean I get to go and deliver it on a player? No, you got to pick a player and give him oh. a finishing move. Or, well, yeah, that, you could go that route too. That's, who that's what wanna, I was thinking. you want to give a, a choke slam to or what, who do you got in mind? I mean, let me think. Well, I mean, let's just go Dustin Johnson. I give a finish. Okay. I read the I question give, wrong. I give, I give Dustin Johnson the DDT, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the old DDT. Oh, I'm giving an RKO. To, I'm bringing him up again, Mike McCarthy. And if you don't know what an RKO is, you, you can get lost in a YouTube wormhole on Randy Orton's RKO. There's a million videos that are hilarious. So, you don't know what I'm talking about, go check it out. I promise you'll get some laughs out of it. But great question from our boy Chris Gimino, and that'll wrap us up for part two of the DFS OGs podcast. Guys, any final thoughts, hot takes here for week 10? Let's wrap it up and get out of here. Derek, we'll start with you. 
Yeah, I appreciate all the questions. Uh, for those of you that haven't written in yet, uh, get some funny ones for next week. Uh, this is uh, our favorite part of the show. Hopefully you guys like listening to it as well. And, uh, yeah, good luck in NFL. Just keep doing what you're doing. Uh, don't go too tournament-heavy any one week. Uh, if you play cash games, just continue to play the best plays at each position. And it's important to balance that bankroll right now. I mean, you got golf, you got hockey, you got basketball, college and pro, football, college and pro. There's a lot of stuff going on right now. So make sure you're balancing that bankroll appropriately. Chop, final thoughts here, and we'll get out of here for week 10. I mean, the only thing I would leave, I would leave you with is uh, some game strategy stuff that I noticed this past week with the shortened slates because of the bye weeks and uh, – Monday night, Thursday night football, all that stuff. We got these short slates now, 10 games on a main slate, 11 games on a main slate. These, these players are really chalky, and the chalk is hitting home. They're hitting hard. The 30%, 35% guys are hitting, and that's just the way it is. You, you can't really avoid it. Just, uh, you know, I say you, you can, you're okay to play some chalk and find some different guys. Don't, don't run from the chalk. But make sure it's good chalk. So, I don't know. There's a different – that's a whole long – whole another hour-long podcast. But don't run away from the chalk. Just make sure it's good chalk and you can avoid the bad chalk, and that's how you win tournaments. And you can go over to Roto Academy and get all our thoughts on all that. You know, we did a course before the season started on, on making selections and cash games and tournaments and talking about chalk and contrarian plays. And so all that is available to you there. I hope you guys enjoyed that class. But hope you enjoyed the podcast. Always love doing the show with you guys, and thank you for all the great questions from everybody out there, and thank you for listening. For my boys, Head Chopper, Notorious, I am Beer, Sansalu, Mike McCarthy, I'm coming for you, baby. That RKO is in your future. We're out of here. We'll see you next week, guys.